story between and behind that standoff which happened over the weekend between a young catholic school teen who was accused of harassing a native elder you could hear the drum beating of that elder in that sound well if you believe the uh the explosive hype and ooh, it was explosive then that young man was being racist and ganging up on this indigenous man we now know him as nathan phillips and i'll admit when i first saw the images uh of this teen you know, confronting what appeared to be, you know, this elder. It was very easy to assume that here we go again with some young entitled kid. Uh, But it didn't take long for social media just to erupt with this crescendo of outrage. Massive pile-on. The teen involved was named, the address put out, you name it. Then the school issued a statement apologizing, threatening expulsions. But as more and more footage came out showcasing, you know, showing what, what was actually going on from different angles. We started to get context of what was and was not happening. And it became clear that the narrative did not fit the facts, which we now know are these, and they'll probably continue to evolve. But the teen who uh, apparently was with his classmates on a field trip to the March of Life protest, they did not go looking for a fight. But the footage shows a group of protesters called the Black Hebrew Israelites And they had apparently started harassing the boys, hurling racial comments at them. And that's when Nathan Phillips then put himself between the groups banging uh, his drum. And that's when, like, confusion took over. And the boys couldn't figure out if Phillips was with them or against them. But it didn't take long for the image of a white teen with a Make America Great hat on, staring into the face of an elderly Native man. And you can write the headline yourself. Robbie Suave is a reporter and staff editor over at Reason. He's also the author of an upcoming book called Panic Attack, Young Radicals in the Age of Trump. He uh, was one of the first, if not the first, to push back on what he saw as a story that was not adding up. He joins us now. Robbie, um, at what point, because you pushed back probably the earliest on the narrative that was just kind of spinning out of control, at what point did you realize the story wasn't quite what it seemed? Sure. I sat down uh, to write something about this uh, yesterday morning, uh, Sunday morning, and I had seen maybe scattered commentary on social media that there were longer videos and people could take another look. Um, So I just, uh, you know, I watched the thing. There's two hours of footage of this incident, actually. There's there's a lot that happens before and then after. Uh, and then the more I watched, the more I realized that everything that had been said or written about it uh, so far was, was really misleading or it was, was based in a very incomplete picture of what happened, particularly that there was, there was an, another group involved, these people called the Black Hebrew Israelites, mm-hmm. which are a really fringe, uh, I, I would even describe them as a cult group, uh, a hate group that uh, I've, I've actually encountered them on the streets of D.C. before. They yell uh, obscene uh, things at people, and they had been berating these kids. They, they'd thrown uh, anti-gay slurs, racial slurs, and, uh, and so on at them for an hour. And actually, the boys didn't really react in a, in, a, in a bad way. They sort of poked fun at them, and then they were doing some cheers. 
uh, of their sports kind of cheers uh, in response, but it was not a, it, it was perfectly appropriate given what the, the other people were doing. And that was the moment at which this uh, Native American man uh, sort of in, injected himself into what was going on. Do you get the sense that it was a confusion spun out of control? Because I'm not sure if, if um, Nathan Phillips, you know, went in to cause problems or if it was confusion between him as well as the boys, and it was this fringe group you talk about that kind of got everyone confused. Yeah, there was a lot of confusion. Uh, in fact, you can hear one of the boys at one point yell, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, they they thought this man is coming up. I think they thought, you know, I'm not sure. It's hard. You can't tell exactly what everyone in the group is thinking, and indeed they might be thinking different things. Uh, but it, it seems he comes up drumming toward them and, and walks sort of, to them, and I think they thought he was on their side, and so they are kind of joining in his, his chanting. Now, they had already been cheering, so it's not like they, so they didn't start in response to him, but then they're kind of joining in what he's doing, and then they're starting to wonder, wait a minute, is he like antagonistic toward us? Because then he's, you know, he's really focusing in on this one kid, and in fact, he later told the media that he saw the kids as beasts and the black nationalist group as prey. So in fact, he was intervening sort of against the kids, uh, which is a completely backward reading of the situation because the kids weren't really doing anything wrong. And the other group is a hate group. Right. And when I saw this, because I normally stand back a little bit and let things fall to, you know, you don't want a knee jerk reaction as we saw, but it was pretty hard not to be offended by what we were seeing, given it was getting, you know, widespread um, um, network um coverage. And so you think the narrative is there that they've done their their due diligence on sourcing this stuff. And then it became very clear, like, oh, my God, this thing is not what it seems. But by then, those boys had been essentially vilified and convicted in the court of public opinion, not to mention their entire private lives put out online. Exactly. I mean, to hear the things people were saying about them, uh, I mean, it's they they made it sound as if like they had seen these 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 kids like kill someone. I mean, they talked about they, the, the families got death threats um, that they should be expelled at the very least. Um, you know, really over the top reactions from a lot of people. But this was just and you know I'm not going to pretend that all of those kids you know behaved perfectly the whole time. Uh, some have said they heard like build the wall chants. Although I have to tell you, I listened to two hours of, of video and mm-hmm. I could not, I did not hear that uttered a single time. Doesn't mean it wasn't, but I didn't hear it. And, you know, I did, maybe one kid did like a tomahawk gesture, which was insensitive and he shouldn't have done that. But, uh, but the, the, the narrative that this was sort of targeted racial harassment, you know, uh, uh, being aggressed against this Native American mad, it's just, com- it's just completely wrong. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, Nathan Phillips, the Native American guy, really did, I don't know, willfully or on purpose, but he really misrepresented what happened. Uh, and then, of course, the ultimate blame is with this, again, these crazy people who are saying who are saying just the, the grossest, most vile things, things that the kids, you know, uh, took umbrage at. They, they when the when the, the when the black nationalists said anti anti gay things, the, the, the kids booed them. So they were they were expressing some some progressive sentiments in, in some sense. 
Th- this whole episode reeks of so much identity politics in about 20 different areas that they all seem to have blurred and completely blown up. I mean, we just had uh, BuzzFeed on Friday with a lot of mud on their face with really inaccurate uh, reporting on the president. That ran all day. Then you had this narrative that ran, uh, you know, for a long time, putting, I think, putting these boys uh, in risk's way. Do you think... Had the boys, A, not been Catholic, B, not been at a March for Life protest, and I guess the big one, not been wearing a, a red baseball cap with Make America Great on it, would this story have even happened? Yeah, I don't think so. It certainly would have happened if you know not everyone had their cell phone out all the time, you know, re- ready to race to social media with something to, to whip everyone into a frenzy about. Um, obviously, that what they looked like, the hats they were wearing, the fact that they were there for a, a, a conservative political cause plays into a just left of center media's uh, narrative that those kind, you know, privileged white conservative Trump supporting young men are, are the problem in our society and are always up to no good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Trump partisan. I, I, I'm sure there are there are many young men in that situation who are occasionally up to good to no good. In fact, they're just young men in general, apolitically, who yeah. are who are who are whose behavior is not perfect. Uh, but uh, this this really shows why why when you're reporting on something that confirms your biases, you ought to be really careful, and you have to go really out of your way to make sure you're not missing something because this has been a terrible week. For mainstream media credibility, and and uh, it, it harkens back to the for me the the sort of the Rolling Stone story from several years ago about the University of Virginia yes. uh, gang rape that completely fell apart and was a breaking point for a lot of people, I think, in tra- in the credibility of news organizations. Right, but, uh, so but are we uh, at the, the problem? Well, it is, but are we at the point now where a Make America uh, Great Again hat is now symbolic up there with um, a swastika or a KKK? I mean. Is that a, a real thing that people are suggesting? Because I've seen that said by a few things, that if you wear a Make America Great hat again, you know, you are essentially saying you're a racist and it's okay to do that. I mean, that can't be a real thing. Right, absolutely. Well, and especially now that, uh, no, I mean, I think it is a thing. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's what people think. Uh, and in fact, I've seen some what we would call goalpost shifting since the the narrative start to broke down. I thought like the, the actress, uh, who's a sort of left progressive, Alyssa Milano, I saw her tweet that, well, you know, no, no matter what, they were there for the pro-life cause, so they were promoting bigotry anyway. So, so, so we weren't wrong. They're all, you know, they're evil people because they were there. So, so that's obvious. So, okay, so, so everything you, you thought was wrong, but you're still right. Uh, you know, some people will not look past kind of their bias on these things uh, in a really detrimental way. So where does the story go from here? Because, I mean, if anything happens to any of these young men, and look, more of the story could come out. I, I don't know. Uh, but where does the story in your mind go from here? Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that a lot of people, um, uh, in, uh, sort of high-profile uh, writers and pundits on both the left and the right and in the center, uh, have uh, my, my story's been tweeted out and shared a, a, a Tons of times. It's one of my most well-read things I've ever written, really. Uh, Jake Tapper uh, tweeted it out. Megan McCain did as well. And so some people really are stepping back and saying, wow, I, I, I got this wrong initially and there's more facts, which is good because that, that doesn't always happen. Um, I wish more people would do that, and I really just hope it, it causes us to be more cautious uh, in the future. And, of course, we, we could learn more about this incident um, but uh, I don't think anything we would learn now would justify the kind of rush to judgment 
uh, that took place uh, previously. No, and we've done it a few times. I mean, we're all guilty of it at some point. I mean, but the point being that we are we don't seem to learn the lesson. You know, there is a teachable moment here, and I know what that teachable moment is. It's, you know, take a big breath and, and wait a few hours till you see more of the, the narrative come out. But when does it stop? Uh, it's hard to know. I, I think uh, I think some of the the technolo- technological uh, capabilities we have, the ability mm-hmm. to just you know tweet your anger and and it and it 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 encourages snark and and piling on and and uh, the bandwagon effect is mm-hmm. sort of detrimental to our society. Big time, Robbie. Thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, coming on with us and giving some clarification and what the the word is context and it re- it really matters. Thank you. My pleasure. Good trade talking to you. That is uh, Robbie Suave. Uh, and you can follow him. He uh, wrote a terrific uh, report on this and continues to to follow it. He's with uh, Reason, but he also has this new book coming out in June uh, called Panic Attack, Young Radicals in the Age of Trump. This is Global News Radio.